Today's episode is brought to you by Beducated.com, your online safe space to explore all things sex and relationships. Check them out today at Beducated.com. That's B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D.com. And don't forget to use our promo code VORGASMIC to receive 15% off of your subscription. Faith and stability. And total tranquility. I'm building off your energy. You listen to the enemy. You're my peace, not my enemy. My lover and my friend indeed. Together we will grow the seed growing orgasmic energy. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back again. Back. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Orgasmic Vibes. I am Grant Michaels. And I'm Queen Shay. Here to bless your ear waves. The ears and airwaves, excuse me, uh, with a little knowledge from personal experience. How you doing today? Doing good on this nice hot day. Looking all slim and trim over there. I see. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to unbig my bike. See, I done opened the doors. Now <laughs> she ready, she ready to say it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Orgasmic Vibes. Like we said, this is part three. Of the two becoming one little series we got. This will bring it to a close. Uh, We uh, started episode one with uh, the two becoming one series. Outlining reasons marriage crash and burn. Reason they don't make it. Episode two was a little deep dive into the four R's. And... They're the different stages of of, of love and marriage. Mm-hmm. And in each episode, we brought it to you um, saying that, you know, how God ordained marriage. So this episode, this is we're going to go to church on you a little bit. <laughs> hey, can, I, can the saints, uh, can, can the church get an amen? Preach, Pastor, preach. Hey, you know, I used to want to preach now. I'll pass a collection plate around in this bitch. And I'll pass it back. <laughs> But hey, no. Nah. You pass it where? Yeah, you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. I ain't, I ain't playing with Glad God. Glad you're on but... the other side of the table. <laughs> oh my God. No, I ain't playing with God. But um, yeah, this episode uh, is, is, is going to get a little churchy on you. Uh, we got a couple of verses that, that, that will bring it all to a head uh, that should make for good conversation. And um, it, it should outline. And I didn't even go deep because, like I said, I didn't want to get too churchy on you. I just went through, uh, as we, like I said, we, we try to deform each episode. So we, we, uh, we kind of, you know, have somewhat of a script that we want to bring to you, talking points. So in preparing for this one, I just went through the first four pages of the Two Becoming One book and, um, and uh, got four verses, you know, uh, first one being Genesis. Then we're going to jump to Romans. Then we're going to jump to Malachi. And last but not least, we are going to go to Psalms. And how there's specific outlines of, sorry for all the rattling of the papers, but uh, specific outlines of how God ordains marriage and how he outlines simply the role of the man and woman and how your marriage should be structured. Or could be structured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So we're going to dive right in. You know, we don't like to dilly-dally. Let's get right to it. Uh, so the first verse is Genesis 1, chapter 1 and 27. Uh, God created man his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Man and woman, he created them. Now, when we say God created us to be together as one from his own real meaning you're a part of, you know, he created, excuse me, he created woman from a man's rib. Therefore he created us in his image. Now his image, not necessarily just meaning what he looks like, not his physical image. Image can be a complete likeness. No. So being that the woman came from the man, she's his soulmate meaning she's his safe haven for his mind, body, and soul. And it goes vice versa because a woman should be a direct reflection of a man. Right. So if I'm your safe haven. and You should be mine. Exactly. And not just physically safe, your mental safety, your emotional safety, and the soul. And where your soul stems from religion. Now, when we say in his image, we mean in his likeness, not just his looks, but his his entirety. And not all being the same, but walking in the right direction of the image that has been presented. Right. So when we say his entirety, we mean his love, his kindness, his patience, his forgiveness, and in unity. So those are five areas that help any marriage. Clearly the love is there. You know, you're not in this just to win this. You're in this to be in this for the for the mm-hmm. long haul. Kindness. Love is kind. Love ain't tick for tack. You know, love is patient. Because any real marriage start off what you, you have, like we said before, you have your expectations, but it gets real, real quick. You know, life happens. And, and, and then forgiveness. God is forgiven for all we do. Ain't no man perfect. I know I done made my mistakes. And... Through his salvation, I know I have been forgiven. That's why I strive now to 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 be a better man, to be to, to live a little better. So should be you should be that same way towards your spouse. And just to interject there, I think if people took more time to think about how they want to be treated or how, you know, with religion you want God, he's a forgiving God, you should think of your mate or your spouse in that way. Don't be so quick to just you know, really harp down on someone and not give them a chance. Mm-hmm. So give them room, try to have understanding, be patient, be kind, think of, it, okay, what if this was me and I messed up? How would I want that person to treat me? Mm-hmm. You know, would I want them to give me that grace and that compassion and that room for error? Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. I think oftentimes we don't leave room for error. You're going to make errors. You're going to make mistakes. Like it's going to happen. So it's making a healthy space for it. Though. That's not saying, okay, oh, we'll just go out here and do what I want to do, act a fool. But at the same time, have compassion and understanding and grace and take more time to figure out why people maybe do some of the things they do. Uh-huh. First and foremost, with the forgiveness part, um, portion of that, there's no man on earth, no woman on earth that's not going to make a mistake. There's a phrase I have in my house I teach my son. It's something I've always tried to live by. But I said a man don't make the same mistake twice. You know, you're supposed to learn 
from what you've done. Yeah, you may make a mistake, but I analyze it, realize why that happened. Same thing for that. We're going to change that going forward. You know, people, a grown person shouldn't make the same mistake twice because at that point it's a habit. Like what's the point of falling and tripping over a wire if you're going to keep falling and tripping over that same wire? You got to know it's there. You got to know there was an obstacle in your path and either maneuver around it or maneuver over it. So with that being said, we as humans, especially in marriage, oh, you're going to make mistakes. You know, like I said before, one of the biggest things I know a lot of people harp on is finances. All right, cool. Let's say you blew a bag on a vacation. Now you stuck on a couple of bills the next month. You shouldn't have that same issue going over forward and over. over and over. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, we didn't budget properly or we didn't plan properly. You know, so forgiveness. If it happens, forgive yourself or forgive your spouse and then learn how to maneuver and move around and move over it. Try to be better from it. Try to learn from it. Last one is unity. We in this together. You got to know I'm your better half just like you. I, I'm assuming I'm yours. And I'm striving for greatness, hopefully. And you striving for greatness, hopefully. And together, I'm 50-50 with you in this thing. So we, we went my downfalls are your downfall, just like my up risings and, and uplifting is your uplifting. You know, the unity portion, I think, is, is that goes, that stems from communication. That stems from um, the selflessness. Mm-hmm. That stems from so many different components that we mentioned. But at the end of the day, we in this thing together. We took these vows together. We stood at that altar together, you know, and we came up with these plans and this life for ourselves together. So let's move through this together. So I think a lot of people start moving in their own directions, you know, you know, that one person want this, the other person don't want this. So they literally start going in two different directions. Start but they, growing apart. But you in the same car, supposed to be going in the same destination. How y'all going to grow apart? But so unity, find out what unity is to you and find out to what, what it is to your spouse and how y'all going to maneuver and, and move around that. Unity really is the the whole, really is the summary of what that course was supposed to be for those looking to be married or those that were already married. Because, again, the name of that counseling course was Two Becoming One. Mm-hmm. When you take in two individuals, that's a lot of traits. And that's a lot of traits that have been developed for several years and then trying to merge it. Not necessarily saying oil and water, but you're supposed to take two like-minded people and you're merging them to be on one accord. Mm -hmm. You're still who you are. I'm still, you know, who I am. And that's part of the beauty of it is bringing those different traits together. Mm -hmm. But that's the unity. Unity doesn't mean, okay, person A needs to turn into person B or vice versa. Like, I don't have to like everything you like or I don't need to do everything exactly the way you do it. It's just understanding, like, okay, like you said, what's the common goal? Like, being right. on one accord. Right. So, like I said, that's Genesis 1, chapter, uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 27. God created man in his own image. In his image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So if God has made us in our image, we need to fully embody not just what we look like, but his entire image, his mindset, his kindness, his patience, his forgiveness, have that same drive in your marriage. All right, verse uh, verse 2. We got Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according 
to his purpose. So if we know all things work for the good, you got to realize, we've said it before, adversity is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's the outlook of the adversity that's going to make the man or the woman. If all things work for the good, and I underline good because you got to realize everything happens for a reason. Um, one example that you've heard us speak on, we lost a child, you know, and couldn't understand it at the time, you know. It was the hardest thing I ever had to encounter. But if my faith wasn't real well rooted, if I didn't have a a, a, a a rhythm of prayer, you know what I'm saying, muscle memory of bend your knees, let's go ahead and give this to God, he's going to get us through it, I wouldn't be the man I am today. It created the quote-unquote beast that I that that I claim to be. You know what I'm saying? Having to to go through that holding her hand, never never blaming him, introducing my son to that situation, introducing him to death at the age of three. I had to know that all things, you know what I'm saying, are work for his better good. And there's a purpose behind everything. You know, because if I didn't have that that drive or that determination, if I didn't have, you know, that mental fortitude to move forward, ain't no telling the way we would be. People literally told us this was that was going to destroy our marriage. It was going to break us apart. Not even just a loss of people. Um, real world example, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That was a make or break situation for a lot of people. What a lot of people thought was bad, like, you know, a lot of jobs ended. A lot of people got laid off, let go. But those same people ended up throwing themselves into their passion or what they actually were here and driven to, to be and to do. So all things work for the good. Sometimes some of the things that you think are the worst in that moment, when you look back, it's like, man, if that didn't happen, it wouldn't have motivated or pushed me to do X, Y, Z. And sometimes you need something to knock you off your feet for you to figure out, okay, I can do this. I can get back up. I can build myself back up. You know, what's the next plan? Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's already in us. You already know. Sometimes you know when you're on the job, but you don't have enough courage you know, to leave on your own. So sometimes those are some of the best situations in the long run when I, you get knocked off your feet. I know this much. Um, if things are going smoothly, I'm smart enough now to know that a transition of some sort is about to happen. And because our faith is well-rooted, we don't look at adversity or trouble in a negative light. Case in point, I proposed to her in February of 2012, got fired. Uh, June of 2012. Initially, I was like, man, oh, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, you know what I'm saying, having a little pity party. Wifey looked right at me and was like, all right, go ahead and have your little moment. Go ahead and soak now. But in the morning, it's over. We don't do pity parties. What I thought was going to be issues or adversity turned into a blessing because my next job doubled my salary. You got to understand that adversity and trouble going to come. But all things, every little thing is for the good of uh, is, is for the good of God. So he can get the glory. You know, we got example after example after example after example of that. But that has gotten any, I don't even look at adversity as trouble now. When things happen, I'm like, okay, this is because, because if you're going smooth, you got to understand God will make, if he want to change you and you missing the signs, oh, he going to make you uncomfortable. Right. He going to make you very uncomfortable. He going to make situations aggravate. He going to, it's going to be stress all around you. It could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be, it could be a plethora of things. But That's why some people used to always say, be careful what you ask for, what you pray for. Like, <sighs> Say you out here praying for patience, maybe with your kids. 
Oh, then they're about to test you ten times ten times over. For real. Um, or even just in any relationship. So so be careful with your words. It's all about the perspective. Like just be okay with change. That's a big thing. Like if mm-hmm. people were more open to change and that it's not always gonna be cut and dry and exactly how you want it to go, your vision would be better. Your you would have more clarity to see, okay, that didn't work out. What else is out here? Like let me mm-hmm. let me broaden my scope. Um, look a little deeper. Like, what am I missing? Like, take an introspective look and really ask yourself, well, what am I missing? If this didn't pan out, let me try to deep dive and figure out maybe why. And you're not always going to have the why, but that's where you have your room for growth and not to miss some blessings. And my uncle told me one time, sometimes people miss their blessings because they can't see it. Mm. Like, Mm. you're in your own way. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you want this but you're not making the right move. So it's hindering you. It's hindering mm-hmm. your vision. Like it's a blocker. Mm-hmm. You blocking your own blessings. Like For real. get out of your own way. And just notice if God brought you to it, he going to bring you through it. Just like if God brought us to it, he going to bring us through it. And change is inevitable. And just knowing that all things, all things work for those who love, work for good for those who love the Lord. Just know that, like, whatever you may be going through in your relationship, just take a moment to sit back and analyze, all right, God, what's, what am I missing? Like she mm-hmm. said, you probably can't see it right in front of your face, but what am I missing? You know, it could be something as simple as a conversation, a deep diving conversation that can unlock all kind of doors and, and, and put y'all on the right path. We as men, sometimes we think we know it all. Sometimes we think we can't. We can't be corrected. We think we know, but that's just our perspective of the situation. Sometimes sitting back, getting a completely different perspective, opens your eyes to other, you know, to other options as well. So, just know that, like, that's the second. That was the second verse introduced in, in um, two becoming one. And if you're not sure, and if you may say, "Oh, I don't really know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to God," just ask for clarity. Like that mm-hmm. alone, I think will will bring you or allow you to see what you need to see. Verse 3 is Malachi chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to the Spirit and let, and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. So that verse can be interpreted so many different ways. But um, going back to having us in his image, forgiveness, patience, unity, and love, two becoming one embodies this phrase. And knowing we've taken vows before God to be each other's better half, to complete one another. So in the verse, it lays out basically to make one. All right. So what does that mean? That means being selflessness. That means putting certain things down and picking up certain things from your spouse. And that goes both ways. I know a lot of, I always talk about the men, but a lot of women can be pick-headed as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their ideas of where things should be or how they should be, opposed to creating what it should be from your spouse. You already got a preordained or destined vision of something. Making yourself one and knowing that and in this verse, it speaks on offspring, knowing that 
first. Oh, and I left another verse out because this is goes without being said. You know, be get married, be fruitful, basically. Mm-hmm. Add cheering. So with, <laughs> with this one, it's saying, don't be treacherous with your wife of the of your youth. So we're becoming one because we're supposed to bring others into this world, and we're examples for them. Watch the kind of behaviors y'all having in y'all children. You know, some of these attitudes that a lot of these kids get is because they see it at That's the house. That's all they know. And they think That's it's all normal. they know. All they know is turmoil. All they know is toxic behavior. Like back in the day, I know we 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 tried to, especially my gender, our generation, we tried to do things completely different than our parents, you know, completely different than certain generations before us. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Nowadays, people will be sitting there talking to their homeboys or sitting there talking to their homegirls, and they churn right down. Back in the day, but hey, hey, get out them grown people face. Yeah. Start a grown people conversation. I don't go around and play with the kids. You don't see no kids around here. They literally told us that kids had to be with kids. You couldn't sit and listen to adult conversation. You it know, it was automatic. Like you just knew, like oh, now let me get up and go. Exactly. They wouldn't even have to say that. Just get up right. and look at you, and you knew off top. All right, I ain't supposed to be here. Let me go walk around this corner. Go in this room, play with these other kids, whatever. Now I still was eavesdropping, but we know. I knew the eavesdropping. We know. No. You ain't gotta tell us. We we know Queen Shay was eavesdropping. but. But what we're getting at is, you know, set an example for your kids. That verse, speak, you can, there's so much you can get come out of that verse. He says, don't be treacherous towards your wife. Treacherous can be, de- can be, can, can be, you know, defined in multiple ways. But, but it also mentions, notice it's saying the age, like in her youth. I also perceive that it's saying, be mindful of how you treat your wife in these beginning stages. I, I think long-term with that too, because that's the person you want to grow old with. Mm-hmm. You know, say, you know, way down the road, you get sick. Now you need that, that same wife to take care of you. Like be mindful of how you treat your partner at every stage. And I didn't read verse 16 um, but the, I'm going to just read the first line of verse 16. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce. <laughs> That's what it says in the Bible. And quite frankly, I don't believe in divorce. We did this thing. We're we going to be here from the rooter to the tutor. You know what I'm saying? Ain't going to be no divorce going. Ain't going to be no behaviors that lead up to it. But That's for us. But I, I will say on the flip side, it's some situations you see where you're like, that that's just they don't not need to be together. That's not working. I that agree. also I think is on the premise of not all marriages are ordained by God. Like nope. were you meant to be together or did you force yourself to be together? So, you know, and I I'm not trying to stray away from the Bible, but I think it's it's a lot of situations where it's just not healthy. Like that that just can't be. Now, like, a lot know. of people have they did mixed feelings about religion because they feel like certain verses contradict other verses. So the next verse actually speaks on what you're about to say. So, but um, there's a couple of uh, 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 dudes that I, I would say that's, that's spun from this, you know, and a couple of dudes that come from that is, and, and then just going back to him having us in his image, you know, you know, forgiveness, patience, unity, and love. A couple of dudes from, from spouse to, to, from spouse to spouse. Be encouraging. Mm-hmm. Be supportive. Be uplifting. Be his ride or die. Voice of reasoning. Voice of reasoning is a huge one. Got a couple of examples here. Um, I ain't going to say no names, but uh, my parents, you know, my pops, 
my pops was a wild boy back in the day. You know, I thank God for 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 the the man, the father I have now, the man he is. So, um, pops and a couple of his friends, mind you, these were friends. There's a lot of people sitting in prison right now because they killed their friend or they stabbed their friend. But um, pops and his friends was 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 throwing them back one night. Everybody on their level. And I don't know where it started, but I just know one of the friends slapped him. Man, it took four or five men to hold my pops back. Pops went and got the gun. And he had to come home to get the gun. Uh, so I'm still awake at the time. I'm like four or five years old. And pops got the gun, loaded it. Four or five men like, Mike, chill. Stop, Mike, chill. And pops went and stopping. He he had, he knew what he was about to go do, and I just remember my mama looking at him saying, "Think about your family, think about your son," and I'm scared because mind you, it's like ten, eleven at night. It's five men in my house arguing. Well, well, it's five men in my house like talking loud, talking loud. Person. Mom Dukes is and is is frantically trying to stop pops, and she say, "Think about your family, look at your son, think about your son." And pops looked over at me. And that's when, you know what I'm saying, it dawned on him, like, I got to stop. And that's when he stopped, when he looked at me. And so it had my mama not being his voice of reasoning, encouraging him to do the godly thing. She didn't want to break up her house. You know what I'm saying? She didn't want to raise her son as a single parent. She didn't want my dad in jail because it was too many witnesses. He would have gone to jail. That's what a true spouse is is like. I know some... I know some women who call their spouse two situations like for the situation, yeah. something that they started or something that they, you know, encouraged or whatnot. It, you got to know who you with. You got to know the situation you, you, you getting your spouse into because we supposed to be the better half. Like we may work, especially for, especially men, you're going to react off impulse. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of your reputation, how you want to be perceived. You don't want to be perceived as a a P word. I ain't gonna say it. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be perceived as as a sucker. You know, so that goes into something else I said before. Like, who cares about your reputation when it comes to you and your wife? Y'all should be the only one that care about your reputation. But And the offspring that goes back to the prior verse. Right. You know what I'm saying? He ain't wanna he ain't wanna be give that bad example in front of me. So Spouse is supposed to be encouraging, supporting, uplifting, ride or die, or your voice of reasoning in times like that. So that's verse three. Verse four, we can go off on a tantrum. We could have did, we could have led with this one and did the whole podcast. Psalms 127, verses one and verse three. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor is in vain. Who built it? Unless the Lord guards the city. The watchman stays awake in vain. Verse three, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. I've said before, I mean, I did not, and I'm reluctantly saying did not because I don't want to say don't, believe in children out of wedlock for for a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons. Um, But that's a whole other podcast. Uh, your children are a direct representation of you. Your kids failing in school. Take a look in the mirror and analyze why. Analyze the environment. Your kids acting a fool, behavior issues. Take a look in the mirror. 
Let's analyze why. You know? Struggling to survive, that's the biggest one. Like if your kids ain't got food on their table, ain't got clothes in their back, ain't got health care, ain't got all those things, go look in the mirror. Look at the environment and analyze why, which is the direct reverse on the other side. If your kids are being productive, if your kids are in a healthy environment, if your kids have all the necessity they need, you know, if your kids are well-behaved, are well-mannered, most likely you can look in the mirror and analyze the environment and tell why. Mm-hmm. We relating this to marriage, though. So if the relationship you building is not led by the Lord in some capacity, it ain't got to be straight religious belief, but your religion creates your morals, in my opinion, creates the behaviors and the mindset you have. You can indirectly be influenced by God from the way you was raised or from your religion in your relationship. And if you ain't building your relationship off from a, at least stemming from a holy place, that's going to be one sturdy house. No, I'm sorry. It's going to be one unsturdy house. That's what I meant to say. Or, you know, if your background like that, then when you go into that relationship, then it's figuring out, you know, what is the premise of your religion? Because you can have different beliefs and that's fine. But just being on the same page and knowing that we believe in this, this is how we're moving, we have faith, you know, right. in whatever that is. Because, right. you know, lots of different religions. And they all stem from the same pillars or principles. Right. Like we know a very healthy marriage, one was a Muslim, the other one was a Catholic. Right. You know, 400 years ago, they both would have been stoned right. for trying to even commingle. So it don't matter the religion. You right. know what I'm saying? They were it's, able to merge the those beliefs. Um, even into their child, for the child to understand both sides, which to me is amazing, um, and to be able to kind of decide what they want to do. But it's all about the understanding and how are we moving and being understanding because, you know, that can be a little hard sometimes. Yeah. So those were four verses. And the fourth one is the most powerful because it's basically, I'm going to read it one more time. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in the labor is in vain who built the house. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stay awake in vain. So let's use that house analogy. Like we know people who I ain't gonna say we know people, but we know some folks who are going through some things. So if the house isn't on stable ground, you gotta do a renovation. I'm not saying tear the whole house down, but if you don't make a renovation, it's gonna it's going to condemn itself. Mm-hmm. You got to make a There's renovation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to get that foundation straight. And that pretty much wraps it up. I didn't want to, trust me, it's 40, probably 50 verses in this book. I just wanted to bring a couple off the first four pages that, you know what I'm saying, kind of hit home hard. And from, they still do. Because we, we were talking about this earlier, you know. It's just certain things, certain principles that that help us. And this was what, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, excuse me, that we took this class. Mm-hmm. And it still stems and and is relevant today. So, yeah. So find your basis, you know, figure out some of these gaps that you can fill in, move according. Again, go back and listen to part one and part two on Two Becoming One. You know, go on Amazon, get the books if you need to. It's called Two Becoming One. And just try to figure out, like, you know, how to get on common ground 
again, it's not, you don't have to have the exact same religion, but just figure out where does your foundation lie and go from there. It's been a while. You want to hit him with the either and either? Not on the two becoming one series. Let, let's say that for the next episode. I bet. All right, all right. Well, go out Hold and find your out, Pastor. <laughs> I'm just playing. All right, let me get the collection plate on the other <laughs> side over here. Because <laughs> if you're two becoming one, <laughs> you already know <laughs> how it's going to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> But this wraps up another episode of Orgasmic Vibes. And part three of the Two Becoming One series. Go check out part one and two. Until we, next time. We vibing out. Peace. <laughs>